0: So we're just going to continue in worship. On that word, that idea of worship. But first, we're going to release our our little little kids. Uh, cool. So for the rest of us, you got me for basically the whole service. So um, yes, I was going to apologize, but thank you. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but so just a heads up. What I'm going to do is we're going to we're going to break everything up with music. So. Every time there's a song, if I don't tell you what to do, you can stay seated, you can stand. Um, whatever you feel like doing this morning. And then if you're a note taker, you do have some notes in your bulletin or you can use the U version in the Bible app if you prefer. Got a couple fill in the blanks too in there. Um, but let's get started. So what is worship? Is it the songs that we sing on Sunday? I'm posing that question, is that the song? Is it the songs that we sing on Sunday? Okay, it's okay. Sort of. Yes, yes. So it is, and it's not. It's, it's not. That's not worship in its entirety, right? But it is one way that we express worship together. That we get the chance to do together every Sunday. Um, but we know that worship is so much more than that, and we're going to touch on uh, a little bit of that later on. But because it is my job, because we believe that. Music worship is a powerful way to express worship to the Lord and because we're told to do it so many times throughout the Bible I am going to focus this morning on music worship Uh, But before we really dive into that, I want to talk a little bit about the wrong kind of worship Worship is showing reverence and adoration and honor And worship is defined by our priorities What we think about and value the most Something I'm sure that we're all aware of, but it can be so easy to forget and overlook is how easy it is for us to worship the wrong things. You and I are designed to worship. We were made to worship, and we all worship every single day, whether we know it or not. And it doesn't have to be something bad. Oftentimes it's something good, but what happens um, too easily is that we start to put our trust in these things to satisfy us and to fulfill us more than we trust the Lord to do so. And the Bible tells us that worshiping anything else besides the Lord, even if it's a good thing, is a sin. Um, So I know we all tend to think of sin as bad behavior, but uh, the reality is that our brokenness is so much deeper than we often realize. And our need for forgiveness is so much more desperate than we even thought. And I fall short in this area far too often, so I want, I want to uh, just open up a little moment of confession for us, uh, kind of in some silence, or a little guitar, silence. To confess those things to the Lord, those things that we put our trust in to satisfy us and fulfill us, to save us that aren't our Heavenly Father. So we're just gonna have a a few moments here to confess that sin and any other sin that we need to confess to him right now. So let's do that together. Singing songs is not the definition of worship. So why do we do it? Why do we sing? Why are there people singing all around the world right now? We do it first and foremost because God is worthy. Like so many of the lyrics and the songs that we sing declare, there's nothing greater than our God. Psalm 145 verse three says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. But we're also instructed to do it many times through the Psalms and throughout the Bible. Like Psalm 150 verse six, let everything that is breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the next one, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Addressing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And whenever we read scripture, what are we doing? We're trying to deepen our relationship with Christ and we're opening ourselves up to what God wants to communicate to us. What He wants to say to us. So I'm thinking, God put this in the Bible so many times, he probably thinks it's pretty important for us to do. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what our singing has to sound like, right? It doesn't say it has to sound perfect. We're always supposed to bring our best to the Lord, but some translations of these same verses actually call it shouting for joy. And I know for some of you guys out here, that sounds a little bit more up your alley, which is totally cool. Um, but... Uh, Another interesting thing that the Bible tells us that I love is that if we fail to sing, if we don't shout for joy, that the rocks are gonna do it in our place. Which is a cool thought, right? But at the same time, I'm pretty sure that every person in here sounds better than a rock would. That's just my thought. But I do wanna be really careful in this section here. I I don't wanna make Anybody feel guilty for not singing? That's not my intent at all. I'm not like looking around and seeing who's singing and who's not. Because there are so many ways to worship the Lord. And there are times when it's pleasing to him for us to stay quiet. And for us to just listen and think about the words. Um, I don't want to do anything but encourage today. But I also believe that it pleases the Lord when we try. Whether we're alone in our car driving around in their car, or shower, or here in this place on Sunday morning. And I wanted to give you a little extra encouragement, and because it's just ridiculously cute, uh, i got to show you a video of some of the singing that's been going on in my house lately. Pretty sure there's a lot of singing going on in heaven, so we might as well get started, right? Let's sing it.
2: So you give life. You give life. Our love, you bring light to the dark.
0: Mostly secular stuff. Lots of cheesy love songs. Um, and I didn't necessarily have the desire, uh, feel the calling to be leading worship in a church at the time. But the Lord gave me a peace in this idea that he would be the one to open and close doors. And he did. I had some fun experiences. Played some fun shows. Some big names and some scary stuff. The scariest thing I ever did was the National Anthem at NASCAR, it was frightening. Um, But when he opened up a door for me to start leading worship in the church in Los Angeles, I decided I was gonna walk through it. And I wanna be honest, there's there's still some feelings in me of unfinished business with, with that other stuff and songs that haven't been heard, but one thing that I'm certain of is that no plans I could come up with would even come close to comparing with the Lord's plans. And I know that he's used leading worship and worship music to transform my heart in ways that I didn't even know I needed. And he's given me this awesome privilege to be able to help others enter into worship through music and hopefully connect with Jesus, which by the way is not done at all by my abilities, but only when the Holy Spirit moves. Similar to like, this, this song that we sang last week, every time we sing this line, You use the weak to lead the strong. It just makes me smile because it's so true. And I'm so grateful that it's true. But one of my favorite parts of what I get to do is spend time in the scripture that the sermon's going to be focused on on a Sunday and ask the Lord to lead me into some music that will support that message, hopefully get stuck in your head, not sorry, it's kind of what some of this repetition stuff is about, right? Gets stuck in your head. So that hopefully, during the week, a song will pop in your head and it will remind you of a sermon point or a scripture. Um, I know that that's helpful for me and so I love getting to try to do that for you guys. So that's one of my favorite things. One of my least favorite, hardest part, is just knowing that no matter what I select, I'm never going to please everybody, right? There's too many styles in music, too many genres, too many... Uh, preferences and generations that, that's just impossible but that thought always brings me to remember that it's not about the songs Hebrews 13 15 says through him let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name the next uh, part of that verse is uh, important just equally as important but I'm not let I think maybe get to that in a little while, but I heard Lou Giglio point this out about those first two words, through him, and that those two words should be the only thing we need to start shouting for joy, start praising our God. Now, we don't need our favorite songs. We don't need a band up here, even, because those words represent Jesus and is referring to Christ who's holding open the door for us to come into the presence of the Almighty God. Jesus has done the work, Jesus has paid the cost. He's made a way for us to be reconciled and to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so that is why we continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to the Lord. Which brings us to that next point in your notes, who are the worshipers? Good to remind us every once in a while that it isn't us up here on stage. It's every single one of us singing for an audience of one. First Peter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light.
2: And when your love is greater, then all my sin I stand in victory before your throne, glory and honor to Christ alone, Sing
0: Where do we want to see our worship go from here? Our worship to music. And as I reflected on this and prepared for today, I feel the Lord leading me to help our singing look even more like prayer. Because it should be prayer, right? I know there's so many things on a Sunday morning that can distract us from this, I really do. But I, I just feel like we need to be praying more. I'm sure that I'm not praying enough in my daily life, and I really don't think we're praying enough in worship here together, which I can take the blame for. <laughs> because if we aren't praying enough, we probably aren't believing enough in the power of God to transform. Let's look like at First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I've heard uh, the songwriter Matt Marr say, that songs can help frame our hearts and minds for the prayers that we need to be praying. So my goal for us is that we would start to use our worship time together on Sundays more and more as a time of prayer. Here are a couple ways that we can do that. We can intentionally be praying the lyrics as we sing together. We can listen for the Lord to speak in the silent pauses and in the instrumental breaks. When we're playing a cool guitar solo, we're not playing cool guitar solo to play a cool guitar solo. We're uh, trying to bring our best, of course, but we're trying to create space. When I'm standing up here not saying anything, for the most part, it's not because I didn't remember what comes next, most of the time. It's that we're trying to create room for connecting with Christ. So as we sing this next song, I just want to encourage us to put this into practice. I know some of you do it every week. That's so awesome, and thank you for being examples to those of us who need reminders. Can we stand, actually, for, for this next song? Okay. and do something we've done once before. We're just going to offer a real simple song of praise together. declaring His holiness. We're going to sing that word holy. We're going to learn three parts together. Just fill this room with worship. So let's start here. A lower note will be easy for the fellas. Let's sing. Set apart all together good and worthy of our praise. We do love to shout your name together. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: You can be seated. So there, there was a time, you're going to hate this. Yeah, there was a time when... Um, our our address, my address was Aaron's permanent address. You know, as he was moving around, and so I got an envelope one day, and it was from this thing called ASCAP, and I couldn't figure. I didn't know what it was, so I called Aaron, and I said, Aaron, I got a letter here. Do you want me to open it for you? I mean, you know, just get it to you somehow. And he said, Ah, Dad, you can open it. So it is. And I opened it, and there was a check in there, and I said, uh, Okay, what's well, uh, there's a check in here, Aaron? What do what I do? You know, and he said, Well. Ah, Dad, it's no big deal. It's just that uh, MTV's using some of my songs in their shows, and they send me a little check periodically as a, a thank you, or whatever they do, and, uh, you know, part of the deal. And uh, so, you know, the Lord blessed him during those times, uh, but we always just enjoyed watching how God was reeling him in uh, to do what he really gifted him and called him to do, and we're, we're grateful we get to be part of that here, so it's really fun. Uh, Okay, that's my shameless dad story. (laughs) Uh, Aaron used a verse earlier from uh, Hebrews, and it's chapter 13, verse 15, and it says this, through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, uh, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. You know, this is just packed with stuff, and, and, and I thought about this because there's, there's an interesting piece of that that he says it's a sacrifice of praise, and, and that's sort of an oxymoron, isn't it, because sacrifice and praise don't really go together too much for us. Uh, we think of sacrifice as sort of a negative thing, you know, what's it going to cost me? Uh, what you got to take is it going to be painful and and so we kind of typically will avoid sacrifice because it feels like it's going to hurt and then he says it's a sacrifice of praise that I'm praising God and and yet if you come to church very often you get a sense of this because it really is sometimes a sacrifice of praise because we don't come every Sunday just ready to rip out and sing right but we don't come every Sunday ready to, to praise the Lord ready to sing in fact In all fairness, some of you, if you don't feel like singing, wait, right? in the cafe, in the lobby, and then you kind of come in sort of late, or just before, you know, and you kind of want that, okay, give me a sermon now to pump me up, and then I'm gonna go from there, and I, I don't show up for that part sometimes, but I don't feel like it, and, and that's part of why the scripture says, you know, it's a sacrifice of praise. Whether we feel like it or not, we offer our praises to God, and the reason that we do, and I always, by the way, I can't imagine why anybody would want to the worship here, I was saying, just saying that, but, It's because it's the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. That what we do when we sing, what we do when we praise, is we're acknowledging the greatness of God. We're acknowledging the love of God. And then he goes on in verse 16 to say something else that's really important for us. He says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So he says, give a sacrifice of praise and then, don't forget, you know, its one thing to come and sing on a Sunday, but it's another thing you got Monday through Saturday to how you live your life. And he said to take those praises because of the greatness of God and do good. Care for people, serve people, bless people with your life because that's part of our sacrifice. That's part of what we give. And it's, it helps me as I think about this to look at another passage in, in the book of Romans A famous verse, Romans 12, uh, verse one says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, I appeal to you, Uh, appeal is a strong word. I urge you, I'm begging you in the strongest language possible, I'm appealing to you therefore by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He said, here's what worship really is. Worship means giving ourselves to our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength to the Lord. It's not about how we feel at a given moment, but it's a recognition of who God is. And if we're really gonna worship him, if we're really gonna give him the worth that he is due, then it's gonna cost us everything. Our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And so we come together on Sundays and our music reminds us. It reminds us of the greatness of God. It reminds us of the love of God for us. That God so loved us, he sent his son that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All of those things we're reminded of when we come together to worship, when we sing songs, when we sing hymns to the Lord, we're reminded of his great love for us. One of the great privileges we have. And so when we don't feel like singing sometimes, that it's a sacrifice of praise that we sing out of a heart that's acknowledging who God is. Here's the other thing, that when we recognize the greatness of God, sacrifice isn't a negative anymore. Sacrifice is an honor. That I have the honor of giving praise, I have the honor of giving worship to the one who gave everything for me. More than I could ever do on my own, more than I could ever give on my own. God, in his great love, gave his son for me and now I respond in praise and in worship. Well, also, we come together here every month, and we have another act of worship, which we call the Lord's Supper. We call it communion. We call it coming to the table together. It's an act that we do as a community of believers together, as a reminder of God's incredible love and mercy for us. That not only do we sing to him, but then we come and we take the wafer and we take the cup and we remind ourselves of God's forgiveness. We remind ourselves of his love. We're challenged again to give our lives as a sacrifice, as Christ has sacrificed for us. So now this morning we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to share in the Lord's Supper together. And we're going to do it. We've done this before, but not in a while. A little bit different, but I'm going to invite you when you're ready to go to one of the tables, there's four tables around the worship center, and you just go to one of the tables and, and take the cup and, and take the wafer, and then you can could, you could, uh, take them right there at the table, you can take them back to your seat, but whenever you are ready, uh, whenever you're ready in your heart, uh, that you can drink of the cup and, and uh, take the wafer. Uh, it's because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And he gave thanks. And then he broke that bread and he said, This is my body which is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, you do it in remembrance of me. An act of remembering, an act of commitment. And in the same manner, he took the cup and he says, This represents the blood of my new covenant, the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross. He said, Whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. And he says, So we got this. Remember, but then he says something else at the very end. He says, do it in remembrance of me until I return. That we have the promise of what God has already done, and we have the promise of what's yet to come. Whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me until I return. Let me pray, and then when you're ready, feel free to go and, and uh, take for the table. Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, we love you, we thank you for the gift now that we, uh, in this part of our worship, that we will receive the Lord's Supper, that we will share in communion together. Uh, Lord, bless this. Lord, make this a moment that we remember your goodness and your power, your power to save, your power over death. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would cause it to be a moment of worship in our hearts as we give you praise and give you thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>
2: all so I You are the god this day